Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Andrew Smith, VP of Marketing at Power Reviews. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. Yes, indeed. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We are a full-service B2B podcasting agency, and we help brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic conversations with people you need to get to know to grow your business. You can learn more at tribknowledge.com. So Andrew, tell us a little bit about your background in marketing and about Power Reviews. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I've been I've been doing this for a while, I guess. I started out as a journalist back in 2006. Uh, I was working in London at the time uh, and really kind of evolved into a content marketing roles at various places. I've been in SaaS now for around 10 years and really just, you know, expanded my skills out from content marketing into kind of more kind of product, customer marketing. Uh, and so now I head up the marketing organization at Paraviews and Paraviews, we're a ratings and reviews, product ratings and reviews uh, vendor for e-commerce organizations, I guess, or, or companies with an e-commerce offering. So, you know, we've got some, we've got some huge clients, some real whole household names, and then we've got some smaller up and coming type brands, because obviously e-commerce is where it's at and it's growing very, very rapidly at the moment. So everyone wants a kind of slice of that pie and we support them by providing the ratings and reviews technology to, to support. And obviously, ratings and reviews is a huge part of it in terms of they provide huge buyer confidence and validation ahead of any kind of purchase. So, you know, our, our data and our consumer data shows that around 99%, I think it's 99.9% of people say they interact with review content when making a purchase online. So obviously, absolutely critical uh, to that process. Yeah, 100%. Thanks for sharing that. You know, by the way, I've ta- I've interviewed a bunch of folks in this podcast who come from a journalism background and are now in marketing. And and I have some journalism background too, interestingly. Do you find that having been a journalist was like good preparation in some ways for what you do now? I, I really do. So, I mean, that's a really interesting question. I think really when I think about how, how I run a marketing organization here and, and also just generally how the kind of B2B buying journey. I think content is so critical, like having a really solid uh, content engine in terms of velocity and quality is, is really important. So I think, you know, obviously journalism lends itself to that hugely. And yeah, I mean, in terms of the skills I develop, you know, being curious, asking questions, Obviously, the, the copywriting, all that stuff yeah. is super important when it comes to kind of B2B marketing, which is now what I'm in, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I see that whole other topic. We could definitely keep talking yeah, we should about, talk that. about that. <laughs> <laughs> we can, I guess. But, but actually, we're going to talk about something else. So specifically, marketing budgets. And all marketing leaders have to make decisions about how to allocate a budget, of course. So what's your approach? Where do you start when, when you have to make, especially like tough decisions about where to put the money? Yeah, it's a really good question, really timely for us. You know, our fiscal starts next month. So I've just literally been, been doing this, head down in spreadsheets, figuring out where, how I'm going to allocate everything. And, you know, I think there's a lot of different opinions about out, out there, you know, and it's really not easy because you're typically dealing with a CFO and a CEO. In my case, I'm sure everyone in my position is as well. And they want to know 
exactly what they're going to get for any given investment. Now, us as marketers know that it's not quite that simple, right? Like, if it was, this whole marketing thing would be easy and like, you know, you wouldn't need specialists to do it. But so anyway, I heard a lot of different opinions. I've heard, you know, some marketers baking in like 20% for like experimental stuff. Um, now, that's not really how I approach it. I, th- I think that that makes sense. It's like almost saying we've got 20% that we can kind of write off on doing fun, cool stuff that could be really impactful or, or, or might you know, might not move the needle. I don't really work like that. I'm kind of fortunate in a way because I, I, I don't, I have the amount scrutinized, but I don't necessarily have the ROI against each line item scrutinized. So it's more like holistically, that's how I'm analyzed. Now I, I'm fortunate enough that I have the amount scrutinized and obviously there's a certain ROI expected for that, but it's not like leadership in our, my business is going through every line item saying, what did you get for that exact investment, et cetera. So in terms of, you know, when some marketers talk about being experimental and baking aside that, I don't really have to do that. I consider my whole budget to be like, I, I view my whole budget in that that way. But, uh, you know, ultimately how my, how my uh, splitting where I spend stuff, it's, it's all comes back to the goals. So for us, I have literally a new business revenue figure that I'm going to be held accountable for next year. And that's how I, how I look at it. So ultimately I have to get to that. And then it's up to me to figure out how to allocate the budget against certain tactics for that. So that's the new business revenue sourcing, but also we have an upsell and renewal that we're expected to impact as well. So that that's how I look at it. And, and if I think about how much our business, how much we're expecting to source new versus upsell, I'll literally allocate the, 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 the appropriate percentages. So I won't go into the details, but say, for example, you're expecting 50% from each, I'm going to, I'm going to allocate 50% against existing customers and 50% against against prospect marketing for that perspective. So I don't want to give away my secrets in terms of where we're expecting our revenue to come from next year, but sure. you know, conceptually that's it. Same with territories, right? So if we're expecting, you know, 50% to come from EMEA or whatever, like I'm going to put 50% of my marketing budget against that. And that includes headcount. That includes what we actually spend in terms of ads and entertaining and whatever else we're going to spend our money so i mean that that's how i think about it very much mapped to overall business goals with the specifics kind of feeding into that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah i know of course that makes sense and so i mean i guess the natural next question is and this would i'm sure any marketer can relate is how do you know if you've made good decisions you know how how do you uh correlate the, the decisions you've made and, and all the stuff you guys do as marketers with revenue growth. Right. So, I mean, ultimately the main metric I'm looking at is always revenue that we have sourced. So what that means is, and revenue and pipeline, I should say, because, you know, for sure we can have an impact on whether a pipeline converts to revenue, but that's something we, you know, we're entitled to ask questions about, you know, if, if you see, for example, certain AEs delivering better on inbound leads versus others, then, you know, I think that as marketers, we should absolutely, we are entitled to, and we should be asking questions around that because this is a team game and everyone's got to play their role. So, you know, I'm a big believer in that. So, but ultimately it comes down to revenue and then your inbound demo requests, how how we do it. Well, that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to drive that that action. So the demo request as an inbound inquiry and the extent to which that converts to pipeline to which that converts to revenue. So so ultimately that's what I'm looking at. And and so obviously if you come down the chain there, you're kind of revenue pipeline demo request. And then you start looking at things that could lead to the demo request. So 
really that's going to really depend on what the channel is and all the rest of it. So for example, with a social campaign, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to measure it in the way that that's in tune with the format and in tune with the target audience and in tune with the goal that you're trying to create. So for us social, we're using much more as, as a kind of an awareness channel. So ultimately it's like metrics that relate to that. So, you know, if it's a video, you know, the extent to which that's been watched fully in terms of the, the, the running, the running time. And then, you know, from there, someone who's watched that video, whether they've ended up on the site and then, and then, and then leaving a demo. So, you know, you can go, you can go, basically you start at the top and come backwards from that is how I always look at this. But, you know, leading metrics, I, I would say is ultimately the, the, the answer in summary in terms of what we're looking for. Yeah, right. And to what degree does, does like your success just generally, but also in terms of being able to say like, okay, that was a good budget decision or we need to tweak, tweak that. To what degree does that depend on partnering with sales? And having like open lines of dialogue and communication. Yeah, so I would say we we haven't been you know great at that, and that's something we're working on. But I think ultimately, if if you're if, if as we as we progress and get better, I mean that's what we're all I'm always looking for our, our team to do and for myself to do as well. That's something we've got to we've got to get a lot better at. I would say so. Yes, I, I would say that's a big a big thing. So you know, lead quality is something I talked about before, and that's something I think that requires a real kind of open communication between sales and marketing and also just honesty on both sides about what's a good lead. So like, mm. you know, don't get defensive. You say it around, okay, that, that looked like a good lead for me, but for sales, it didn't look a good lead. Okay. There's a truth is somewhere in the middle or maybe it's over de- desperately to one side, but you've got to go in from both sides with an open minded and that's, what creates trust on both sides. And I think, you know, I, I, if I think about my career, definitely marketing and sales has got more aligned. I think honestly, as marketing's had more of an influence on direct revenue and sales have started to see us as a real asset in a way that they didn't maybe necessarily, you know, 10 years ago when they probably saw us more as sales enablement. And now, so I think, I think you have to earn the respect a little bit, but once you get there, it works both ways, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems it seems like the better aligned you are, just generally, the better every everyone benefits from that. Did an interview just the other day on this very topic, so you know, every, sales marketing alignment, really interesting. And again, it seems like the kind of thing that every marketer and everyone in sales would probably agree in principle, like yes, that is a good yeah. thing, right? And yet, and yet, it's often a challenge and a problem. Yeah. I mean, in your guys' case, what do you think some of the barriers have been to not being as aligned as you'd like to be? Yeah, I think it's possibly, again, I've got to be careful. Sure. <laughs> you're, you're walking me down a path, particularly on, on tape. But I, I think really it's, it's coming at it with, with a shared sense of what is good or reality, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if you're pulls apart about Let's talk about the example of what's a good lead, for example, or what's a good meeting for you, you setting for us. Like, you know, the next step for us is to set a, like, a very specific criteria. So, you know, around account size, vertical, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, that's indisputable. Those things are not subjective. They're completely objective. So I think that's where we need to get. And I think probably that's where we've had an issue before because we haven't really had that. So, you know, yeah. I, 
I, I, I would I would say that's it. And it's it's more like being willing to take egos out of it is how I would probably put it. Like you've both got to come at it with a from with a kind of open-minded perspective around what's best for the business as opposed to defending your your tribe to to bring it back to your podcast title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that great answer. I mean, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, you're good. I was like, how am I going to answer this without like getting in trouble with my own company? But, but yeah, I, I think every company probably can get better at this. And I think, honestly, yeah. it's a bit symbolic of how marketing and sales have evolved. And again, this is a marketing podcast. So I think I can say this without it being like, without getting in too much trouble. But I, I, re- I really do think the way B2B buyers buy now um, marketing is a lot more valuable than it was and you know my vision as a marketer is to get get to the point where buyers are so educated when they come to you that ultimately your salespeople are just order takers so and I think that's that's the best that that would that would be a position where marketing would be like okay and, and then that's when we start like earning the big bucks you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the other sales guys earning all the money so again I I, I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little outspoken sometimes about this stuff and I think that's that, that stuff is important to just move move discussions along and, and um yeah and, pro- and progress progress how, how people think but uh, yeah that that's that's ultimately my goal but I think if you think about h- how we are now at this point where that's even a realistic potential target you know we've cut with marketing sales come a long way right like and mm-hmm. I think there's just there's going to be friction when that when that's a, that's the journey that the, the B2B buying cycle has gone on. And, 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 and yeah, so I, I think, I think you're going to cause friction and there might be a little bit of ego and defensiveness in it along the way, but nothing you probably can't work through as long as you've got the, got the right people in every role. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're all only human after all, you right. know, we, we all do have egos and sort of territorial, uh, you know, instincts and stuff like I'm, that. I'm just um, as bad as anyone else. I, I readily admit. I mean, that. It, yeah. you know, I totally get that. And but I think you make a good point, and you said it earlier before. I, you know, content, what we call content, which is just short for all the stuff that we that <laughs> yeah. every company now has to almost work like a media company, right? right? Producing all these channels, and in a digital world, that's how it's evolved, and. I think you're right about the, it's hard to align maybe because things change so quickly. Things are not static. Yes. And if you think about it visually, it's like, it's a constantly moving target. Right. You know, so it's not like you have to constantly be working at aligning these different functions in a company as things change. And it's not always going to be perfect. And it's just like this ongoing task that everyone has to work at. Yeah, and I think just I guess, so. I guess how I would sum it up it really is just acknowledgement on on all sides that that you have to be open to to change and evolution at all times. Like if you're if you're just yeah. going to stand still and say this is how I think because I've always thought this way and I've got X amount of years of experience and whatever, I, I think you end up just just looking out of touch and, and old fashioned, you know. So and you yeah. know look at me in like 10, 15 years time, I'll probably be, I'll probably be talking about all these things that I'm talking about now. And I'm probably going to be, you know, so I might be as bad as anyone else, but I mean, that's, that's, I think that's important to, to ensuring that, that you do, that you do get better aligned for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. So, well, this is interesting. We kind of started with talking about budget and naturally morphed into a discussion about marketing sales alignment, but that's cool. I like how the conversation just <laughs> took on a life of its own. Yeah, I got lots of pictures of that. I got lots of pictures about everything. So ask me anything. Well, Andrew, actually, I've 
I've kept you too long. I realize I, I had a few other questions, but I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast. To <laughs> you can tell, ask me what you want. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Well, I, I just want to thank you actually for a great conversation, for great insights. Like I said, the conversation kind of took on a life of its own, which is always a great sign to me that it's just flowing in a really kind of natural way. So thank you for that. And, and listeners, just so you know, we had a little trouble connecting at first and, and, Andrew was, uh, you were a trooper and you just stuck with it and we yeah. figured it out and we got the job done. So thank you for that too. Uh, well, yeah, no, no problem. We're on Zoom and I, I sometimes think the, the, the old ones are the best. Um, despite all I said about constantly moving, I guess right. we did. We constantly moved and pivoted. So That's right. Know, hey, good. we could have we used Skype if we really wanted to go old school. <laughs> yeah. Does that still exist? I, don't... I, I have no idea. <laughs> Let's let's not find out. Yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com, that's conversa with two N's, to learn more about how we help B2B brand start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers they need to get to know to grow their business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.